Welcome to Your Body's Way, a podcast for all of you health conscious humans out there who want to nourish, move and take care of your body your way. Not the diet book's way or even my way. Your journey to find your body's way through all of the noise and nonsense starts right here, where I'll be presenting and breaking down all of the current popular health practices so you can make intelligent choices that work for you and you alone. You know what they say, if the shoe fits, so I encourage you to take on what sounds tempting and to reject what doesn't. So let's dive into your journey to becoming the person you know you can be. Well, hello there, and welcome back to Your Body's Way. I am so glad you're here. Today, I am so excited to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is the keto diet. Now, hold on, wait a second. I know that you're either a lover or a hater of this diet, and the fact that you're even listening to this episode means that there is some curiosity there about it. So I am very happy to um, go over how to do the keto diet, what the benefits are, and you, my lovely, are on your health journey. And the keto might very much be one of your golden tickets to greatness and to the body of your dreams um, and to just the energy of your dreams and the, and the clarity and the, the cognitive function and just the, the overall va-va-voom to your life. So as with any tool that I introduce on this podcast, I want you to either uh, take it on and give it a try, see if the shoe fits. If it doesn't, take it off, chuck it across the room and say, yeah, that, that wasn't for me. But what I want to do in this episode is I want to straight away um, kind of target the negative bias that the keto has and the negative reputation that is collated over the years. And I want to reframe the way you think about the keto diet. I bet you didn't know this. Okay. I bet you didn't know this. When you think about the keto diet, just think about what a typical plate would look like on the keto diet. Just just take some time. Take some time right now. Just close your eyes. Well, not if you're driving, but um, I'm just I'm just joking. Um, don't close your eyes. But uh, just imagine what a keto plate would look like. My bet is you're thinking of maybe some eggs, definitely some meat on there, butter, bacon, burgers, maybe some salad. Well, you're wrong. You are wrong, my friend. And that is where the keto has such a bad reputation because having tons of meat and tons of fat in the form of butter and animal meat and um, coconut oil and all of those things that the keto is associated with, um, no, that's not good for anybody. I'm going to reframe it for you right now. The keto diet is, wait for it, It is a plant-based diet. So now, I want you to look back at that plate in your head. And this time, I want you to visualize a lush, colorful salad, lots of above-ground vegetables, 
maybe a portion of fish or a portion of, um, I don't know, a chicken breast or a chicken thigh, whatever cut you like. I'm a chicken thigh girl, to be honest, because I like the flavor better than chicken breast. But anyway, that's just me. Drenched in olive oil and seasoned really nicely with a bit of salt and you know a bit of pepper, maybe some spices in there. That is a classic keto meal. Is there anything wrong with that? No. And if there's one thing that all nutritionists agree upon, that is diversity and color. Of course, if you're talking about the carnivore diet or if you're talking about, you know, an autoimmune protocol or a specific strict diet, then obviously color isn't your target. But when it comes to the keto and basically every healthy diet, color and diversity is the key. And the same goes for keto, it's no different. So if you've tried the keto diet in the past and you haven't found success, (laughs) you're not alone. You're not alone because I have a story of my own. Now, this is how I like to use keto. I, I weave in and out. I have only done it in the past for a maximum of three months at a time. Um, currently I'm not on keto, but I'm considering going back on it very, very soon because, you know, thinking about this podcast and, and, you know, refreshing my knowledge on it, I'm just, I'm, I'm enchanted again. Like I'm enticed. It's a very enticing topic, isn't it? So, um, I like to weave in and out of keto. Um, but then if, if you're not one to dive in to a diet as such, it makes you feel uncomfortable, um, diving into a diet then um, I recommend just starting small. So one thing I do like to say to clients and to just people in general, it doesn't hurt to have a keto style meal every day. So it doesn't hurt to have a lovely, you know, colorful salad and, you know, all of the things, all of the healthy things. Um, That doesn't hurt. So I recommend it. And um, if you fancy doing it for days on end, if you fancy doing it for weeks on end, and if you fancy doing it for months on end, then that really is your call. But please use this podcast to just educate yourself a bit more before you dive in because it does have some contraindications. Yeah. Anyway, back to my story. So when I first tried the keto, I was in my early 20s. I was a personal trainer, super fit and super conscious about how, you know, my body weight and, you know, just health in general. Oh, I did it so wrong. (laughs) All I have are these memories of going to uh, all of the Turkish restaurants along Haringey in North London. And if you know North London Haringey, you know they have the best Turkish restaurants that London has to offer. I remember my husband, um, who was my boyfriend at the time, we'd sit down and we'd order the mixed meat platters. Now, if you know the mixed meat platter, that's not a small plate. That's not a small plate of meat. It's a huge pile of meat. And of course, I had it with a salad. You know, I skipped the rice because don't forget, this is keto, everybody. So lots and lots of meat and a little bit of salad on the side. And we do that quite often. And I thought I was doing a great thing for my health. And I had 
no idea why it wasn't working for me, (laughs) why I wasn't losing this weight that the keto was supposed to help you with, why I didn't feel energetic and why I had awful stomach cramps and I just didn't feel great. So I've been there, I've done the keto wrong, but I'm happy to say that when you do the keto right, it feels absolutely phenomenal. And that's my personal opinion. Because I've had clients who have found amazing success by sticking to the keto for even just a few weeks, they found fantastic success. But then on the flip side, I've had an equal number of clients come back saying that they either didn't like it or they they didn't feel great on it. So you might fall into one of those camps. So proceed with caution and with a healthy dose of excitement because that's what the keto demands. It's a very exciting, enchanting uh, way of life, I think. So let me go into what the keto is. So now I've reframed it. I've told you it is a plant-based diet. I want you to think of all of the colors and all of the vegetables and a little bit of protein um, drenched in healthy fats. That's basically how the keto should be done. The whole point though, isn't about how little carbs you can eat. The whole point is you getting into a state of ketosis, which is obviously where the name comes from. So what is ketosis? It is when your body has so little carbs to play with that it switches its source of fuel, its main source of fuel from glucose, which is basically carbs, sugar, you know, I'll use those words interchangeably. Your body switches from using sugar as its primary source of energy to then using ketones, which are basically cleaved off from fat. When fat is burned for energy, ketones are cleaved off in the liver and they are bled into your bloodstream. That's not a great pun, is it? (laughs) Bled into your bloodstream. It doesn't create a great picture in my mind anyway. But the ketones, so they go into your bloodstream and then they are used as the primary source of fuel. Now, the reason why they're considered a great thing is because the only source of fuel that was considered able to give your brain fuel was glucose. But actually that's not true. Ketones can cross into your brain and they can um, give your brain energy. But the thing is, this is what makes ketosis so great. The, the burning of ketones is so much cleaner and there's so much less toxic waste than when your body burns glucose. So that's why people talk about lots of brain clarity. Ketones are also um, used by the muscles and used by the heart. So people report lots of energy. Um, people can feel pretty strong on the keto. Um, you, that, that's kind of debatable. Some people don't, some people do. But that is the whole point. Now, ketosis is absolutely crucial to our evolution as humans. So if you think about our ancestors, they would have been going through cycles of feasting and 
fasting. So they would have, let's say, caught um, an animal to eat. They would have feasted for days and then they would have gone without food for a period of time. They were also extremely active, which enhances ketosis and, and gets you there faster. So they would have been in and out of ketosis regularly. So it was a crucial part of our evolution. On the flip side, it's not to be taken lightly because you are literally switching fuels from glucose to ketones, which some people might find more difficult than others. And I'll talk about metabolic flexibility shortly. So with that in mind, ketones build up in your blood and they reach an optimal level within around two to three days, depending on who you are, depending on how active you are, depending on how many carbs you ate before you started the keto diet, because carbs are stored in your muscles and liver, and your liver and muscles, they need to burn up that sugar before they can start using ketones for energy. So there's about 1,200 calories worth, 1,200 to 2,000 calories worth of sugar that your liver and muscle needs to burn through in order to start using ketones as the primary fuel. So that takes about two to three days. So if your question to me is, okay, so just say I try this term, just say I you know, eat all of the salads and all of the healthy fats, how long should I, how long should I be doing this for? <laughs> I mean, come on, you know, when can I have a carb? So with that in mind, I always recommend, okay, if you wanna dip your toe, then do it for at least at least a week because that will give your body enough time to properly switch over. But then research has suggested that doing a month, two months, even up to three months at a time is beneficial for your health and is not is likely not going to be too dangerous. Just say you're someone who can't metabolize fat very well and you just don't know it yet. I mean, Steve Gundry in his book, um, I've forgotten what it's called, um, The Keto Code. It's a really great book. But he said something really good. Um, I don't know if it's good, actually. You, you tell me. He basically said, look, if you're doing a diet that, isn't, that doesn't really um, agree with your body for about two to three months, it isn't really a lot of time to cause much damage. So his point is, if you do the keto for two to three months and just say it doesn't suit your body very well it's very unlikely that you'll have any long-lasting damaging effects if you just cap it at about three months so I would recommend a week if you're dabbling but then definitely if you want to properly switch over to, into ketosis and you want to really challenge your metabolic flexibility and you want to really get those benefits then I would say up to um, two three months is okay but then you definitely have to take a break after that and I'll explain why when I come to female hormones when it comes to the ketones in your blood there are a few ways you can measure this there are um, blood testing kits urine testing kits and breath analyzers when it comes to the best type blood is numero uno it's the highest recommended even though it's still not amazingly accurate 
none of these are completely accurate and that's why i would say don't chase the ketone numbers chase how you feel that's the most important thing but if you love numbers and you love targets and goals and you love measuring stuff then um just generally just measuring stuff (laughs) that's what you like to do then uh blood lancet at home kits they can be used and a really great company is keto mojo they have amazing resources online so just log on to Keto Mojo after this and you'll see a huge array of blog articles and you know frequently asked questions and all of that stuff. Next, I would recommend the breath analyzers. So um, I think it's Lumia. Is it Lumia that I've, that I've tried? Uh, a really good, really good test um, to do because again, it, it helps you have targets and it's a really good motivator. And then lastly, the the ketone urine strips, they are the cheapest. So I believe it's about $15 online, which is really cheap, but they're just the least accurate. But again, if you're dabbling and you're just dipping your toe in, then buy some ketone strips, you know, just have some fun with it. And then when you get serious, maybe you will invest a little bit more money into measuring your ketones. But you're officially in ketosis from 0.5 millimoles to and above basically it can go up to up to five millimoles in the healthy range so you can achieve 0.5 millimoles even in the morning so when you wake up after over 12 hours of fasting the ketones will start to build up even after then which is a good sign because that means that you're burning fat overnight which is a really great thing and then it will creep up over the days to one millimole. Then you'll have to push a bit harder to get to two and then to three. It really depends on who you are. So women have a harder time of reaching the higher levels of ketones in the blood. But the goal is between one to three millimoles. That is optimal, especially for weight loss. But then when it comes to things like mental clarity and it comes to resetting your immune system, then we're talking higher levels. So about three to five millimoles. Now, not to be confused with ketoacidosis, which you've probably heard about. It's basically when um, a type one diabetic, their body, it, it, it can't release, it can't use sugar for energy. So the ketones are released but they're just released in abundance and it's actually dangerous hence ketoacidosis so that can go up to 10 millimoles but but don't worry (laughs) after a few weeks of salads you're not going to approach 10 millimoles trust me you'll likely be fighting for one 1.5 millimoles that's that's how it is but do let me know how it goes for you should I say girls let's move into the benefits why would you want to do keto I like to do keto because I love the challenge and personally my skin is amazing after a few weeks of keto I'm not joking my face literally is like my baby boy's bottom (laughs) 
So if that doesn't make you want to give this a try, even for a couple of weeks, then, you know, I don't know what will. But who knows? Maybe this list. Obviously, weight loss is numero uno. It's at the top, front and center. You'll start to lose weight really quickly on the keto because a lot of water is shed in the beginning. It's just the way it is. So in the first week, you'll likely lose quite a bit of water weight. But then after that, you will likely continue to lose weight if you're consistent and if you stick with it. Reasons for this, there are a few. So keto is known for being a hormonal regulator. As a woman, if your hormones are all over the place, which, you know, come on, (laughs) come on, ladies, they're definitely all over the place, right? But even just thinking about um, your insulin levels, your insulin levels become regulated. But I don't know if you've heard of a leptin. So leptin is a hormone that signals that you're full and that you don't need to eat any more food. And the opposite of leptin is ghrelin. And I like to think of ghrelin as grrr, like that's what makes your stomach growl because you're hungry. It's a ghrelin, you see, get it? Leptin is the opposite. So leptin tells your body when you are full and you shouldn't eat. So as you imagine, as we're children and as we're growing up, our leptin is very sensitive. It tells us immediately when we're full and we we stop. I, I mean, I only have to look at my daughter. She's coming on to four years old now. I mean, her diet isn't the best because, you know, there's only so much I can do as a parent. You know, your child has to eat. So I, I feed her what I can. But when she's done, she's done. She she doesn't overeat ever. And I can only imagine because her hormones are just really on point, including her leptin. So with keto and low carb in general and with fasting, your leptin increases in sensitivity. Also, there could be the obvious reason why people tend to lose weight. So if you if you reduce the number of calories you eat, you will lose weight that's that's just the way it is maybe you're just going to get so bored of keto you're going to get so bored of the olive oil that the salads you just can't really you don't fancy another salad to be honest (laughs) maybe you just eat less because you're just bored of the food i'm not really selling it right now am i but anyway or maybe you just can't stomach another tablespoon of olive oil to be honest So reducing your calories is another reason why weight loss is a possibility. Next up, metabolic flexibility. If you have a large waist, if you tend to collect fat around your waist, if you have high blood pressure or you're worried about your cholesterol levels, your blood sugar levels, HbA1c, then keto is a really good thing to try. If you have any of those issues that I've just mentioned, there's a chance that your body is a little bit metabolically inflexible, meaning it struggles to switch to using fat for energy. But with keto, when you force your body into using ketones, then it gradually gets used to it and it becomes more metabolically flexible, which is a great thing for your health and great for the waistline, (laughs) to be honest. 
Next up, increased brain function and just euphoric mood. When I do the keto, oh gosh, not only is the skin just as smooth as anything, but my mood is just so much better. That There is definitely a difference in how you feel. It's euphoric. It's It's like an ecstatic feeling sometimes. If you do keto, do it for that. And the reason why is because ketones is a really clean source of fuel for the brain. It improves a gene expression called BDNF, a brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which is basically brain fertilizer. I wouldn't say that after a cocktail, and I w- <laughs> because you might get a bit confused saying it. And I, you know, I wouldn't even say that at a cocktail party. So they might find you a bit nerdy. But BDNF is increased. And neurotransmitters are modulated. Things like GABA, which helps to calm your brain. Keto is really good for sleep for that reason. And then also just boosting your norepinephrine, which is uh, basically a little feeling of like adrenaline. That's why your mood improves. It reduces inflammation, so your skin might improve. Hey, hey, there you go, my skin. Your, but, you, but your skin might improve, your gut issues might improve if you have IBS or if you get any unexplained pain around your body. Anything that might be re- uh, related to inflammation, keto might help. There is one thing to be aware of though. When it comes to your LDL levels, your cholesterol, if you're a regular measurer of your LDLs, it may increase at first. Now, the mechanism behind that is unclear, but here's just a quick lesson in LDLs, a really, really quick one. LDLs, they, if your LDLs are high, it's now found that that might not necessarily be a bad thing. It all depends on the size of the LDLs. If they're small, then they're more dangerous. If they are large and buoyant, then they are less of a problem. And there are tests that are available now that can actually measure the size of your LDLs. There's um, a lab in the US, I've forgotten its name right now. I'll, I'll find out and I'll put it at the bottom of the podcast. But the, um, the it actually measures the size of the LDLs. Anyway, keto increases LDLs at first. It could be because they become larger and more buoyant. But eventually, anyway, they do fall back to normal. How do you do keto? What's the right way to do it? So I've already said that it's a plant-based diet. So I already want you to be thinking of lots and lots of colors, above-ground vegetables. You basically need to reduce your carbs. So I'm talking about 50 grams or less You need to eat a moderate amount of protein. So don't do what I did in the Turkish restaurants. Don't be ordering those mixed meat platters (laughs) and eating a whole one to yourself. Just don't don't do that. Moderate amount of protein. So let's say a palmful on your plate. That goes for if you're a vegetarian as well. And an abundance of fat. So I'm talking in, if, if you're considering your total calorie intake I'm talking about five to ten percent of it being carbs 
70% of it being fat and 20 to 25% of it being protein. So if you're that person who loves to measure stuff, you're going to love this, what I'm about to say. I highly recommend you use a, a food macronutrient tracking app to help you as you get started. My favorite for keto is Carb Manager, which is a great app to use and it's solely designed for low carb diets. I also like Chronometer, that's one that I've been using regularly because you're gonna need help figuring out your percentages and if you enter your food for let's say a week, just enter everything that you eat, it's a bit tedious but you do get used to it, I promise. If you enter it for a week, it will cal- calculate for you daily approximately how many calories you're eating and what percentage is carbs, fats, and proteins. And it's just really great. It will basically tell you if you're reaching your 70% of fat. It's really, really great for that. I also recommend you measure how many carbs you're having on a scale. So if you, let's say, want to have some rice or you want to have some below ground vegetables which are higher in carbohydrates and which will unfairly bump up your carb levels and your body will find it difficult to get into ketosis. But if you really, really want some of that stuff, it's a good idea to measure it. So you shouldn't go over 50 grams of carbs in total. Now, obviously you need to consider the carbs that are in the salads that you're eating. Therefore, you would not want to measure out 50 grams of dry rice. You'd want to aim for less than that, obviously, because you need to consider all the other carbs you're going to be eating that day. When it comes to your fats, I wouldn't choose things like eggs and... I mean, you can eat eggs, that's the thing. Keto is egg-friendly, dairy-friendly, meat-friendly, animal-fat-friendly, all of those things. But I wouldn't lean on those things to get all of your fat. There are healthy fat alternatives that you can really start to, when you go shopping, just pack up your um, food trolley with healthy fats. And that's a great way to get reach your 70% fat quota. Things like olive oil, MCT oil, You've heard of bulletproof coffees, right? That's that's why um, they're they're so famous because MCT is is a form of fat that can be converted into ketones quicker than any other fat available. So yeah, just a little bit about MCT there. Olives, avocado are a fabulous source of vegetable fat or fruit fat if you're being technical. That they can be expensive, but you can buy frozen, which is a bit cheaper. I recommend just packing your trolley with those sorts of fats, oily fish, just to stop you from leaning on too much dairy or too much butter, for example. But do beware, when you're using your uh, macro tracking apps, make sure you're tracking your calories as well. Because like I said, the keto can get a little bit dull for some people, like me included. I mean, I found it difficult to find snacks that that's my biggest problem when I do keto snacks are just not easy to come by for me and there's only so many boiled eggs and crudités and you know protein shakes that I can have as a snack before I'm just I'm just don't fancy anything so there is a risk of reducing your calories too quickly 
as a woman here is the first thing you need to be aware of do not reduce your calories too quickly you need to keep your calories up at around your um, your personal needs so let's say approximately 1600 across the board but it might be more than that or it might be less don't reduce your calories too quickly or for too long because that can mess up your hormones and affect your thyroid function and that's where the keto gets a bad reputation so just be aware of that just say you're like okay tam i'm gonna try this keto diet where do i start what do i have to do just just tell me everything just so i can test this for myself first of all if you have a standard let's say British or American or whatever, wherever you are in the world, if you have a standard diet of processed carbohydrates, lots of bread, lots of cereals, lots of pasta, and if you sense that your body struggles with metabolic flexibility, if you tend to gather weight around the waist, if you have metabolic market issues, then I recommend you build up to it for at least a week. And by that, I mean you slowly start to take out the carbs. You don't dramatically drop them to 50 grams or less but you slowly take them out bit by bit because there's a risk that you'll um your body won't want to switch over to using ketones and then you might not feel great and you'll hate the keto you'll go out there and you'll say tam talks a load of bs (laughs) don't do keto anybody it's the worst thing don't don't bother you need to build up to it first for at least a week When it comes to your protein, so if you remember I said a moderate amount of protein, so let's say a palmful per meal, aim for nose to tail protein if you're a meat eater. By that I mean avoid too much muscle meats like chicken, lamb, beef. If you have that with every meal, that's fine. It's it's great to, to cycle between the different types of meat. But what I'm talking about is nose to tail is best so things like bone broth which includes bones collagen things like organ meats liver heart they're all superfoods and i recommend that you dabble in nose to tail proteins for the best results diversity 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 so when it comes to carbs above ground vegetables only so avoid potatoes Things like beetroot and carrots, I would say, yeah, just just include them, but just be aware that they're below ground and they tend to be higher in carbs. So if you do have them, just have them less than you would say, like have kale, spinach, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, all of those, they're actually my favorite types of vegetables. They're just the best. (laughs) Go for color. It's much better to have lots of reds, greens, purples, yellows than to have just loads of greens and that's a golden takeaway for you right there if your diet is full of greens good on you but it's now time to introduce some more color because that's how you're going to increase your fiber intake which is really important on the keto it's very common to get clogged up on the keto but if you do lots of diversity lots of vegetables you should be able to keep regular And you want to keep your gut healthy as well. When it comes to eating starches, you may think, Tam, can't I just have a freaking potato? (laughs) What about a little bit of rice? 
a couple of times a week. If you really need to have those things, just do it a couple of times a week, maybe at the weekends. If you find you tend to go out at the weekends for dinners and it's just easier to have some rice with it or some potato, then choose your days where you want to have your starches and just keep it minimal. When it comes to fruit, berries are your go-to. Have about half a cup a day. They're really good. They're filled with antioxidants and they're very low in carbs. Dairy is allowed. Cheese, milk, uh, butter. But like I said before, avoid leaning on it. They have their own issues, especially, you know, commercially uh, cheaper products. They have their own issues with quality. So just be aware of that. And when it comes to really bumping up your fat intake, you'll obviously get your fat from your proteins, especially if you're a meat eater. But you also need to include fatty vegetables like olives, avocados, and you need to aim for approximately two to four tablespoons of olive oil or two to four tablespoons of MCT oil or coconut oil just so that you can really get up to your 70% fat of your calories. I recommend olive oil because MCT oil can, in some, cause diarrhea or an upset tummy. And really, you don't know if you're that person until you go there. (laughs) If you want to avoid that, then stick with olive oil. If you want to experiment with MCT, do. But some people, their body just doesn't agree with it. And coconut oil, even though it's really, really good for you, is still a saturated fat. And if you overdo it, you're just better off having olive oil, to be honest. Something that's not saturated. have been harping on about all of the benefits of keto, why you should do it, the weight loss, the mental clarity, how to go about getting started. There are things you need to be aware of and as a nutrition professional it's my duty to inform you of what to be aware of. So here goes. Here's why I want you to build up to keto slowly. There is such thing as the keto flu which is basically when you feel like you feel fluey you feel unwell you have headaches you feel congested bunged up and just generally shite (laughs) i hope you don't have any kids around when i said that you just don't feel great and that is called the keto flu and it's fairly normal but it can be avoided if you build up slowly so that's the first thing why does the keto flu happen Well, there are a few reasons, but the main reason is, do you remember when I said you lose a lot of water weight in the beginning of keto? Well, with a lot of water weight goes a lot of, comes a lot of electrolyte loss as well. So as you're peeing out the water, you're also peeing out electrolytes. Electrolytes being magnesium and potassium and sodium and things like that. If you're low on electrolytes and if on top of that you're dehydrated and on top of that you're drinking your black coffees and your herbal teas which are diuretics, then you're looking at a dehydrated human (laughs) and over the days you're going to start to feel it. 
that could be one of the reasons why keto flu might hurt you. So if you want to avoid that, stay well hydrated, drink lots and lots of water. I think the if you're an inactive person, it's about 1.2 liters per day. And that obviously goes up as you exercise. And also, it's a good idea to include electrolytes or you can just use really good quality salt if you want to just save a bit of money and you don't want to dabble in supplements. Um, my favorite salts are things like Molden salt, Himalayan pink salt and Celtic. They're really good. If you just have your water with a pinch of salt and you salt your food, then you will be less likely to suffer with keto flu. If you do choose electrolytes, there are so many different brands that are great um, designs for health. I like Symbiotica as well. They will be great. You just have a sachet a day and that might help you overcome keto flu as well. If you're in the midst, if you're miserable with keto flu, if you're just caught by the keto flu and you're just like, oh no, the electrolytes aren't working, the water is just, I, I, it's too much, then just, do you know what? Just up your protein and carbs a little bit just to ease it, ease it in. But then also, if you're a sugar-dependent person, which I've been there. I had a full-blown binge eating disorder when I was in my 20s, which if, you, if you're not sure what binge eating is, it's basically when you, you can't stop eating, um, even beyond feeling sick. So that was me. If you have, if you're a sugar burner and if you're metabolically inflexible and if you just enjoy, you know, your body depends on sugar and carbs, then you may feel moody and you might have some GI changes. So you might even feel constipated at first, a bit nauseous as your body switches over to ketones and you might feel a bit hypoglycemic because your body is making the switch. These things might happen. There are some risks that you need to know about, just some more that you need to consider. First of all, I love keto. <laughs> How many times do I have to tell you? But any restrictive diet shouldn't be done for too long anyway, in any case. Because it will work until it freaking doesn't. And when it stops working, that's when trouble can start. Here's the thing about keto. It hasn't been tested over a really, really long period of time. It hasn't been tested over a period of years or even a lifetime. So they don't actually, scientists don't actually know what the long-term effects of keto is. Heed on the side of caution and stick to a month, maybe two, maybe even three if you're pushing it. But take a break, especially as a female, because you don't want your hormones to be um, affected in any way. So for females, especially around your period, now I can't tell you how many clients and just how many people, how many friends, just females in general, when their period is coming, they need carbs and no diet, no advice from a nutritionist, no podcast is ever going to stop them from indulging a little bit. But you know what? We shouldn't fight that. We shouldn't fight our natural 
tendencies to need more carbs around our period because you are building up the lining of your womb. And that is a huge energetic cost to your body. That is why you need carbs. That's why you need that really simple, quick burst of energy. So embrace that and consider upping your carbs around seven days before your period. And then everybody wins. (laughs) That's nutritionist approved. You can do that. You may want to consider upping your carbs if you are doing a big exercise session. Now, if you're a a long distance runner, if you're preparing for a marathon or you're an athlete, I wouldn't recommend being on keto because your muscles, in in order to reach high intensity, your body loves to use glucose for that. So I, people tend to report having less energy, especially for high intensity sports. So if you're an athlete, keto probably isn't the best diet if you're approaching a competition or if you're in hardcore training. But if you're like, you know, like me, you just enjoy food and you just have the odd exercise session here and there. If you do a particularly heavy session, like just say you're smashing out heavy squats or you're doing a HIIT class, you might want to increase your carbs that day um, just to give your muscles the fuel that they need and to replace um, anything that was lost. Um, When you do a really intense exercise session, you have injured your muscles and you've um, broken them down, albeit to build back stronger and better for next time but you might need that extra bit of extra boost of carbohydrates to help your muscles get through that. If you have difficulty sleeping, which is something ladies do report on keto, then it might mean you like to have a little bit of carbs before bed. If that's you, then it doesn't mean you need to <laughs> whip out the bread and you know start sandwich and have sandwiches before bed um, every night. Just say, yeah, this is keto. This is how I do it. No, <laughs> a little tablespoon of honey or a square of dark chocolate, just enough to help you sleep. That's probably what you need. There is a risk of disturbing your gut health. So in your gut, you have trillions of bacteria. Their diversity is the key to your health. So one day we'll do an episode on gut health because it's so freaking interesting. The more diverse they are, the healthier you are. And with diversity, they require fiber. So if your keto is like how I did the keto... (laughs) in my 20s at the Turkish restaurants and the mixed meat platters, you might find that your gut will suffer a little bit because there wasn't much fiber. But if you follow my tips about plant-based and focus on above ground vegetables and salads, then you will be getting enough fiber. So again, diversity, diversity. Nutrient deficiencies, this is the last one by the way. Nutrient deficiencies are possible especially if you're cutting out a lot of food and just say you don't like avocados, just say you don't like anything red or you hate greens, then there's a chance that you are going to be missing out on some vital nutrients. So again, diversity, diversity. 
eat different meats each day, eat different forms of protein each day, try and vary the colors that you have every day. Cycle, everything's a cycle, right? Your menstrual cycle, the moon cycle, years, months, your salads, everything needs to be cycled. So that brings me on to who really shouldn't be in a state of ketosis. First of all, if you're underweight, there's a chance you're going to lose even more. I wouldn't do keto. I would focus on some of the other amazing uh, diet options that you have out there. Uh, Give keto a miss. If you're planning for a baby or if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, give keto a miss. If you have major heart disease, any gallbladder dysfunction, if you have hypercholesterolemia in the family, then check with your doctor first. Any liver issues, difficulty utilizing fat. If you have any thyroid issues, those are the times when it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be doing keto, but it just means that you need to check first. I, I don't want to advise you doing keto. I want you to, I want to advise you to check with your doctor before you embark on it. But then obviously, um, this final one, if you have any disordered eating patterns or any orthorexic tendencies, doing any sort of diet or any kind of restriction is just not a good idea because it could risk a trigger. If I think about myself when I was binge eating, um, if I was, if I, I didn't really know about keto back then. But if I was to know about it, I probably would have jumped in with all of my feet <laughs> and just all of my my whole self, body and soul. I would have done really well, but then I would have fallen hard. Last but not least, if you reach the end of the rainbow, just say you, you're, you've been on keto and you've reached the end of the rainbow and you're just like, I'm in ketosis. I feel great. I'm full of energy. There are ways that you can intensify ketosis so you can make this even better. Okay, here's how. Let me introduce you to the hormetic stressors in your life. Now, when I say hormetic stress, I mean any stress that stresses you out, but it's a positive stress. It means your body breaks down and it comes back better, stronger, faster, more able. The examples of hormetic stresses are fasting, exercise, keto, hot and cold therapy, and you can even go as far as to say emotional stresses like meeting a deadline, preparing for a presentation, those things that give you great reward at the end, they are types of hormetic stresses. If you're an experienced person, if, if you or you're an experienced exerciser, you, you know, you, you know, you, you eat well and you practice all of the hot and cold therapies and then you might be fine doing all of them at the same time. But be aware of being the type who is super um, type A personality, which I can relate to. I'm, I'm, I, I love to achieve stuff. I like to go for stuff and really go all in. If you tend to be a type A personality, 
and you start upping the HIIT classes five days a week, you're counting your calories, you're doing keto, you're fasting 16-8 and you're really kind of regimented. It's just my experience that those that type of behavior doesn't end well. <laughs> so pick your poison. If you're doing keto, do you really need to be doing five HIIT classes a week? Do you really need to be fasting 24 hours? Pick your poison, take it slow. That is my advice for everything. Just take it slow and listen to your body's signals. It's talking to you all the time. Exercise is a huge ketosis booster. Remember I said our ancestors would have been in and out of ketosis more than us because of the fasting, the feasting, but then also they were so, so freaking active. You can do the same thing. If you exercise, it will boost everything. You can even try supplements. So like I said before, MCT oil, that stands for medium chain triglycerides. They basically get processed in your body in such a way that they produce ketones much quicker than any other fat. So if you're in ketosis, if you have MCT oil as almost like a supplement, so if you have like a tablespoon a day, you can um, actually speed up the process of ketosis because it enters your mitochondria, which is basically the energy processing um, uh, organelles in your cells. And they basically process it really, really quickly. So um, like I said, you can experiment with doing up to four tablespoons a day, but it can cause nausea and sickness in some people. So you might want to experiment with that, but you might want to buy a bottle of MCT oil. You can also experiment with exogenous ketones. So these are supplements that taste like horrible, <laughs> but they are very popular and they actually boost your rate of ketosis. They are ketones that you take. They're really great for boosting your exercise. So um, if you imagine, it's just extra ketones. So before an exercise session, you just you know pop a few ketones and it gives your muscles that extra boost. It's also good to take ketones before any stressful event because then the ketones give you energy to, to get through that. So you can take exogenous ketones. And that, my love, brings us to the end of this podcast. I really hope that it helps. If you have any questions, you know where to find me. I'm going to put all of my contact details at the bottom. I'm Tamara Walpole, and you've been listening to Your Body's Way. If you haven't already, please subscribe, share, rate, and review this podcast. You can find me on Instagram as Tamara Walpole Nutrition. Join me next time for some more juicy information on how to help you on your journey to your best self yet. Your body's way is the only way. Chat soon.